You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good looking people. Remember, you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good good in abundance today that you have tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host Barry Shore and you tuned in to this show for one reason one reason only it's the best reason because you care the most in the entire world about you y-o-u e-w-e that's great <clears throat> because when you're the best you you make a difference in the world you make the world more harmonious you create more bridges you build more joy happiness peace and love and the reason that you tuned in is because you know that on this show we discuss the three fundamentals of life and those three fundamentals are going to enable you to be happier healthier and wealthier who doesn't want that <laughs> and you're joined at this very moment by more than 349,622 people around the world all of whom are tuned in for one reason because they care the most about themselves and that's great enlightened self-interest is what's going to enable all of us to create a joy surplus in the world where we may now have a joy deficit and it's all up to you the power of one person or as I describe it poop, the power of one person. So the three fundamentals of life, of course, are number one, life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, you can go mad. Now, mad is a great acronym that stands for make a difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference in the world. And the third fundamental of life is to unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Simple example, Right now, you're either watching or listening over the internet. It's amazing. This magical, mystical, majestic platform carries around the world. If you ask anybody, what does WWW stand for? Invariably, they'll tell you something to do with the internet. And factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for what a wonderful world. And what a, is a word, right? W-H-A-T-A. What a wonderful world. So whenever you see WWW from now on, you think Barry Shaw singing to you, what a wonderful world. Or even better, Louis Armstrong, Satchmo. We have to thank him for enabling that song to go viral and not just touch tens of millions or hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet who just hearing that makes you smile. Now, <laughs> smile is one of the greatest acronyms you'll ever internalize, utilize, and leverage your life because SMILE stands for seeing miracles in life every day. Seeing miracles in life every day. Now, before the COVID, and God willing, we'll be through this in a little bit of time, we'll go back to being able to speak to real human beings and audiences. I speak to well, about 5,000 plus people just before COVID hit. And I tell the story about Barry Shore, and I mentioned smile, seeing miracles in life every day. And right away, people raise their hands and say, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, I've been up for hours, I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? Can you stand? I can't. Can you walk? I can barely. Do you have water to drink, food to eat, place to sleep, family, friends? All of those are miracles. And what's the simple proof? Simplest proof. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. Now, if you're watching or listening, by definition, you didn't. You're here. You have life. By definition, if you have life, it's your obligation to live exuberantly. And if you do that, of course, as we said, you follow the three fundamentals, you'll be happier healthier and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? I got to tell you a quick story. <laughs> Imagine standing up in the morning, hale and hearty, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound that evening, be in the hospital, totally, completely paralyzed. Not from an automobile accident, not a spinal injury, a rare disease took over my body and rendered me quadriplegic overnight. 
rare disease, 144 days in the hospital. I was two years in a hospital bed in my own home. I couldn't turn over by myself. Four years in a wheelchair. I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand, but I still can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk up a curb by myself, and I have helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but you hear my voice. Positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. It's all because of that one word. Smile, seeing miracles in life every day. I got to tell you, <laughs> my eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago. and says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? And I asked her, uh, sounds the same. How come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. Out of the mouth of babes. But what was she doing? She was creating the kind of world she wants to live in. Create is a fabulous acronym that stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. Rethinking. Thank God we have a brain. Your brain has over 100 billion brain cells and more than 120 trillion synapses connecting all those brain cells. And they're there for more than just deciding what kind of latte you want this morning. The ability to utilize your brain and your mind to do neuro-linguistic programming and create the kind of world you want to live in. Now, I do have to warn you in advance that your humble host does use four-letter words and I even use the four-letter F-U word. I do it for the shock value, and it's fun. Now, the four-letter words, of course, that we use, because we live in the world of positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, are love, life, hope, free, gift, swim, pray, play. <laughs> and the four-letter F-U word is fun. Fun. Yes, F-U, capital N, capital N. I know people raise Barry Shaw, Barry Shaw, fun's only spelled with three letters. Not in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, when you see your family and your friends, you point your finger and say, F-U, everybody, with a smile on your face. Remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. Say, where'd you get that? I said, I listened to Barry Shaw, the joy of living podcast, and he wants to teach the world to F-U which we're going to be doing with our guest today, who's a real FU, capital N, capital N, and you'll open up a conversation that you didn't have before because people will be leaning in and asking, what's going on? You tell us all about the joy of living and barryshore.com. By the way, everything, everything you want to know about our amazing guest today, and he is that, is all, just go to the website, barryshore.com, all of the information about him. So just Lean in and let the information of the transformation flow around you, in you, and around you. So you just just enjoy the process. And then remember to share this with at least five people. So the more than a million and a half people around the world will be able to taste what you're experiencing. And we continue to bring more people to the podcast. Now, before we bring on this amazing person, I'm going to urge everybody to use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day. Well, you know what three looks like. And for the, from now and for the rest of your life, because if you do, it's going to help transform you, your family, your friends, and all living beings on the planet. And these two words are, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank stands for to harmonize and network kindness. To harmonize and network kindness. The Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, I read in his writings, be kind whenever possible. And it's always possible, he says. And it's true. So just imagine, we're able to go back in the coffee shops, maskless, and you walk in, you order your fancy latte for $5, and you sit down, somebody brings it to you. You say, thank you. You walk in the coffee shop, maskless, and you order your fancy latte for $5. A few minutes go by, notary brings these to go to the counter. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot. We're so busy. We'll bring it to you. Go back and sit down a couple more minutes. Somebody brings it. You still say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, and it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, and it's raining. And somebody slams the door on you. You say, Thank you. You're in traffic. You're late for an appointment. Somebody cuts you off and you say, thank you. You get up in the middle of the night. You stub your toe and it hurts. You say, thank you to harmonize and network kindness. 
kind is a fabulous word, an acronym stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. I cannot think of anyone, anyone that inspires noble deeds. And I want to share with you more than amazing, wonderful Hillel Fooled. Wonderful Hillel, say hello now to 351,821 people around the world. I don't care if it was 300 million people. I want to talk about your energy. And I want to know, how do I get some of that? Do what I do. Say thank is- you, dear Lord. By the way, which is what you do. So, uh, by the way, Hillel is another F-U word. <laughs> you see, he's F-U-L-D. He's a four-letter F-U word. By the way, Hillel, when was the last time somebody said F-U to you and you laughed? Never. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to categorize that under never, but holy moly, your energy. My God, what a what an introduction. I, I Yeah, we, we have to talk about how to give me, you got to transfer some of that energy to me. Uh, we do not only to you, but to all the people listening, all the people sharing. And by the way, Hillel is downplaying who he is. This is a person who emanates, who lives in positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant energy daily. He, I'm going to give you his bio, and I'm going to shift some of his bio around. Just so you know, if I started telling you all the things that he is and does, it would take the rest of the show. So I'm going to make it shorter. But usually when I talk about him, I put this in the middle. I'm going to put it at the beginning. He's a family man, happily married, five children, lots of friends. All of that makes all the difference. In addition to being a blogger, a vlogger, one of the most informed people in the tech world in his specific niche is a country called Israel, which if you're not talking tech, you know that tech and Israel are synonymous. He works with Google, Microsoft, Oracle, and dozens and dozens of other companies that you all know. Name dropping is easy when you're dealing with Hilo Fooled. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about three major issues that really everybody wants to know about because you want to be happier, healthier, wealthier. You want to talk about marketing or as I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, marketing. And we want to talk about startups because that is the essence of what's happening in this world, shaking everything up and Israel. So we're going to compact a lot of stuff in the next 42 minutes, but the man can do it. And we're going to just jump right in and start. And by the way, we're also going to talk about mental health. So we'll make room for everything. So let's just jump right in and say, first of all, Hillel, what a delight and a pleasure to be here with you. And not only to have all your um, logos behind you, because those are companies he works with, everybody. It's not fooling around. But I want to point to you the drone. (laughs) So we'll talk about that also. Okay. It's up to you, kid. Let's just jump right in and let's talk about marketing. What does marketing mean to one of the most connected human beings on the planet? You know, it's interesting. You're asking me about marketing, but everything you've done until now on this show is marketing. And I'm going to explain what I mean. Uh, Marketing, as opposed to sales, requires the recipient of that marketing to not know they're being marketed to. In other words, when you're selling to someone, they know you, they're being sold. Marketing is subtle, or it should be. And if you're doing marketing and the person you're marketing to does not know that they're being marketed to, then you're doing a good job. Uh, that's that's point number one. I like to, I like to compare it to, because I see that you're a big man of comparisons and analogies and acronyms, so I'm going to compare it to uh, basketball. I don't know how many of your listeners play basketball, but I'm assuming... Most people know what an alley-oop is. For those that don't know, it's when one player throws the ball into the air and the other player catches it and dunks it. And that is, as far as I'm concerned, the relationship between marketing and sales. Marketing elevates the ball. Sales comes and slam dunks it. Wait a minute. I, w- I want you to repeat it again because, by definition, everybody listening has some knowledge of English. And almost by definition, because, look, China has adopted basketball as it's almost its national sport. So most people around the world at least know what it is and seen it. But let's just bring it back again and tell us about elevating the ball. I love the image. Yeah, so uh, you know, I work with a lot of tech companies. You mentioned some of them. Uh, and what, what I do for them is I take their, their brand um, and I try to elevate it to the point that you know these guys, especially in Israel, are phenomenal at building tech and building products. But when it comes to building a business around that product, AKA getting that product in the hands of consumers, oftentimes there's room for improvement. And so what I do with them is I explain to them 
the, the concept of subtlety, which, by the way, I will note, does not exist in the Hebrew language. There is no such word. <laughs> and by I, the way, I, I, he's not kidding. He's not I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Right. I'm not kidding. And uh, and so that might be the reason that, you know, marketing is the weakest link here in Israel because, well, you know, let's just say Israelis aren't exactly subtle people. Um, and so I do what I work with these companies is just to to take their brand and to elevate it. So, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you the classic example, right? Everyone knows Red Bull, right? If I said to you energy drink, you would say Red Bull. And yet something phenomenal and, and, and extraordinary about Red Bull, and that is that the word beverage does not appear on their homepage. They're literally not selling you a drink. They're jumping out of planes. That's marketing, and it sells. But Red Bull, will, you'll never catch Red Bull saying, buy our drink. It's amazing. It tastes delicious. The word drink is not even on their website. And so that's marketing. And um, it's about, you know, like I said, the alley-oop, elevating the ball so that if a person's running or a company's running an ad on Facebook, and I come across that ad, and I say, oh, I know that company. I follow them on Twitter, or I read their content, or I listen to their podcast. Or, now the brand is elevated. And now it's a slam dunk because as we call it in the marketing world, it's touch points. It's seeing that brand everywhere. And now I understand that this company is an authority in their space. So let, let's go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. As you pointed out, I, I really enjoy words, especially in, in English. So uh, subtle, the same letters spell the word bustle. So in Israel, bustle works. Subtle, yeah. <laughs> less so. Okay, but... Once you begin to speak about it to people, no matter what the culture, all of a sudden they, they think they want it and say, okay, you bring it to us. In other words, we don't have to do it. You do it for us or show us how. The other interesting point that I find fascinating with what you just said, and it's really the subtlety of what you said, is that the ability to formulate an idea create the tech around it, whether it's an app or some sort of processes, and it's whiz-bang, and it does something. Imagine that a robot can take remove an appendix as well or better than any surgeon in the world. Yeah! But until one person sells that to somebody else and creates what we call a business, then it's just whiz-bang idea. And the word business is fascinating on two levels, if I may say, because I think you'll like this because you'll appreciate it. There's a thing called busyness, and then there's business. So in Israel, but use the example because you're there and you're talking about it, there's a lot of busyness, right? There's bustle. Yeah, come on, let's go. Hey, I think that's that. But business is subtle. And you have to understand that in business, the you comes before the I. See, oftentimes, again, I'm talking to entrepreneurs and people around the world. Hilly should know most of our audience is under the age of 38. And so we're talking to people who uh, they know about Red Bull because Red Bull is a distinctive brand worldwide, even if they haven't ever tasted it. They understand, as you said, the result. I'm not drinking a beverage. I'm jumping out of a plane, even if it's 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm, I'm sitting here building my app. So the genius of what you're talking to us about is unless and until the you precedes the I, how do I touch Hillel? I love Hillel. I want Hillel to be involved with it because I'm a result thing. So give us more on what it is that you do to bring this simplicity and this understanding to even the big brands who, by the way, sometimes they're too big to, to know this. Wow, I got to tell you, I know we're just meeting now for the first time, but I but the things that you're saying are like music to my ears. It's like unbelievable. Like it's as if we've known each other our whole lives because everything you're saying is what I've built my entire career on, literally. And so I'll give you one example of what I mean in a very practical sense. Um, you know, it's very easy for any company to self-promote, to talk about how amazing they are, but nobody's really interested in a company that's talking about themselves. And so <laughs> I tell companies, for example, I'll name one example, interviews, Okay. Interview people in your industry. Listen, listen to the brilliance in this. And by the way, you said simplicity. My favorite quote of all time is Da Vinci's quote, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. It was stolen by Steve Jobs, but Da Vinci originally said it. Uh, it is, to me, the epitome of brilliance. It's not, it's not a big deal to stuff in all the features into your app. The brilliance is simplifying, and that's what Apple is so great at. So I want to tell you a story. Um, what I tell companies over the years is, Instead of just talking about yourself, focus on others. So imagine you're a company that, you know, your product is artificial intelligence. So imagine you reach out to 
let's say, one of the top CEOs, one of the top venture capitalists in the artificial intelligence world. You say, listen, my name is Hillel. I have a company. I have a blog. I would love to interview you. Now, number one, and this is something that I can tell you from experience, everyone has an ego. Everyone, <laughs> likes, to be on, everyone likes to be on stage. And I can tell you that I've interviewed literally thousands of people. To date, not one person has said no, not one. So number one, everyone likes to be on stage. You give them a stage, the first return on investment is that relationship. Because instead of selling you something, I'm giving you a stage. So I establish that relationship. That's your first return on investment. The second return on investment is I send you 10 questions by email. You send me 10 answers. I copy, paste it on my blog, and I hit publish. The first thing that you're going to do, you're going to share it. So here I am getting an industry leader to share my content, and I get all the traffic. And it's the second return on investment is targeted traffic. The third thing that happens is everyone who sees that interview says, oh, my God, Hillel interviewed that guy. Hillel must be a rock star. And I elevated my brand without even mentioning my name. I never promoted myself. I promoted someone else. And let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. When I started doing this interview strategy, I'm talking like 10 years ago, I set my goals super duper high. I mean, unattainably high, like people that were way out of my league. I'm talking Steve Wozniak, okay, the founder of Apple and the man who invented the personal computer. Okay, now this guy is an absolute legend in the technology world. I have zero access to him. Let me tell you what happened. I decided I want to interview him. And I'm not a guy that gives up on dreams. That was a dream, and I'm going to get that dream done. So I reached out to Steve Wozniak on Facebook, and I said, Steve, you've been a tremendous impact on my career. I'd love the opportunity to interview you. Well, he responded. Steve Wozniak replied, and he said no. Okay, well, I got a response from Steve Wozniak. That was cool, but he said no. I waited a year. I wrote him again. I said, it would mean so much to me. He said, listen, Steve Jobs just died. The press is all over me. I can't do any interviews. I'm like, okay. I waited a year. I wrote him again. I said, what would it take for me to convince you to do a short interview with me? He goes, you know what? Let's do it. I sent him 10 questions by email. He sends me back 10 answers, okay? I then publish it on my blog. And the second I publish it, this post starts to go completely viral because here I am, a guy in Israel, interviewing the founder of Apple. And so it went crazy. All of a sudden, Steve Wozniak, and I have a screenshot of this, comments on my Facebook post saying, wow, Hillel, I didn't know you were this popular. Had I known, I would have let you interview me three years ago. So that was super duper cool. But wait, that's not the punchline. Just wait. Just wait. Now, remember, I wanted a relationship with this guy. Sending him questions over email isn't exactly my, you know, my end game. My end game is I wanted a relationship with this guy. So fast forward around eight months. I'm sitting at home minding my own business, and I get a phone call. Hi, hello. This is Steve. I said, Steve who? He said, Steve Wozniak. I said, okay, now really, who is this? You're pranking me. Who is this? He said, yeah, it's Steve Wozniak. I'm coming to Israel for 24 hours. Let's have breakfast. I find myself in the lobby of a Tel Aviv hotel with the founder of Apple and the man who invented the home computer. And if that wasn't surreal enough, during our meeting, there was an incoming rocket from Gaza and I had to rush him to a bomb shelter. So here I am in a bomb shelter with the founder of Apple. And why did this all happen? Because I gave him a stage. And I didn't talk about me. I talked about him. Subtlety, marketing, you before I. The joy of living is all about not Hillel, not Barry, it's about you. You becoming the best you, becoming healthier, wealthier, and happier by utilizing the insights from this amazing being. <laughs> and by the way, we got to give a big shout out also to the Scottish people. You're going to say, huh? What's he talking about? Because if you know anything about Scottish people in history, uh, they used to, and sometimes they still do in ceremonial, they wear kilts, right? Everybody knows what a kilt is. So we spell it K-L-T. Hillel knows this. And it stands for getting to know you, getting to like you, getting to trust you. His story just illustrated that you should all be wearing a kilt. Get to know somebody, get to let them to like you, get them to trust you. And, and again, it's all done with purpose of positive, pleasant, powerful goodness in the world. If you're trying to do anything other than good, if you're out there to hustle, then you're in bustle and you're not going to be doing marketing or subtlety. You will, maybe you'll do something called succeed but it's not going to be long-term because what Hillel just told us has been applied to hundreds of people. Am I right, Hillel? Am I right? Hundreds and hundreds of people. If we're being accurate, thousands. 
let's talk about thousands. But I want to go back to something you said that is critical, in my humble opinion, of what the process involved. Notice that what Hillel did in the beginning was I set my goals. And then he said what he called impossibly high, but leave that aside for the moment. In other words, these are what we call shoot the moon goals. But he set them. He didn't just sit under with a cup of coffee and think about them. I'd be willing to wager $1,000 against a piece of matzah that you wrote them down. Either you wrote them down with a pen and paper, you put them on a computer, or you may have done both, and you may have done a thousand times in a hundred different places around the apartment in your house. Am I correct? You are. By the way, let me let me just interject here for one second. I actually wanted to say one more thing about that meeting uh, because it's very relevant to what you were talking about, and that is that among the many many questions that I asked Steve Wozniak, I, of course, I asked him about the early days of Apple and his relationship with Steve Jobs. And, you know, there's enough literature out there to know what kind of person Steve Jobs was, not someone that you would want to be good friends with. Let's just leave it at that. And so I kind of was, quote unquote, like looking for dirt. Not really, but I wanted to hear like what it was like. And I said to him, like, you know, Steve Jobs are all these stories. And he said to me, I would not have been able to sell one computer if it wasn't for Steve Jobs. This is a man who built the literally, you have to understand something. He told me that when he was building the first computer, he was told there is no market in America for computers. Nobody wants a home computer. And this guy had the, vision. he had the vision. He's a visionary. He built this thing and he said, I built it, but I would not have been able to sell one single computer without Steve Jobs. And that's gratitude and that's appreciation and that's also self-awareness. Very important. Fundamental, as we say. And the first three letters of fundamental are F-U-N. You got to have fun because nothing, in, in my opinion, again, I believe that sales is one of the highest callings in the world in terms of if you're doing it from a position of goodness, positive, powerful, purpose, and pleasant, because nothing happens, as Steve Wozniak said, nothing happens until somebody sells something to somebody else. And once that happened, and by the way, it took years still, because everybody, you can read all the quotes, who needs a home computer? I mean, come on. And in the beginning stages, it was just a box. <laughs> it was so hard to use that um, it defies understanding. We have to learn all the controls of this and that, which still exist today, you know, control C for copy and such. It, it's just so funny. But you're talking about a world, by the way, wonderful Hillel, that most of the audience can't relate to because you're going back more than 25 years. And therefore, most of these people listening were just barely out of diapers or um, putting on long pants. That's why this becomes so fun. And, and you and I talk about, and I, I like you. I'd like you to do a little more on, um, you know, the what we call the smartphone, which is not a phone, by the way. It's a computer versus a rotary phone, which was a phone but with a completely different uh, interface. And, when, and we know the fun story, if you gave a rotary phone to a classroom of, let's say, five-year-olds or seven-year-olds and asked them to do something with it, they'd be hard-pressed to do anything other than put their fingers into the holes. And maybe, by the way, a lot of people on listening who don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's even you better. Know, you know, there's a, uh, there's a video online, which I will venture. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's the funniest video on the Internet. Uh, it is a skit uh, a piece by Louis C.K., the comedian, and he talks. The name of that video is "Everything's Amazing and Nobody's Happy," and he's on the, the you know on the Tonight Show, and uh, and you know he's asked about technology, and he says, you know, our generation, he says, everything's amazing and nobody's happy. It's wasted on these this generation of of you know entitled. And he talks about the rotary phone. He says, do you understand what the rotary phone is? He says, you're making sparks. You understand how primitive that is? He says, we used to hate people with zeros in their number because it was more turning, right? He says, <laughs> today, we have these supercomputers in our pockets and we're looking at our phones. We're like, oh, it's not moving fast enough. And he goes, it's going to space. Would you give it a second to get back from space? And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, the newest thing I know, this, is a, this video is hysterical. He goes, the newest thing that I know is Wi-Fi on airplanes. He goes, I'm on an airplane. And the captain gets on. He goes, guys, you have Wi-Fi. You can go surf. And he goes, I'm watching YouTube in the sky, right? And he goes, every person on every airplane should be going, oh my God, I'm flying, oh my God. And then he goes, and then the internet broke down. And the captain gets on, he says, I'm sorry to inform you that the internet stopped working, uh, we're trying to fix it. And he says, the guy sitting next to him, 
He's like, this is BS. And he goes, how quickly the world owed him something he didn't even know existed 30 seconds ago, right? He says, that's entitlement. You have to appreciate the unbelievable gifts we have in this generation, technology being one of them. But by the way, I just want to say one more thing. I have a very unpopular opinion, very controversial opinion about smartphones. I actually, you know, everyone talks about how there's supercomputers in your pocket. I think they're actually very primitive devices. And I think if you think about it objectively, you're walking around in the street with a big slab of glass in your face. There has to be a better way for us to interact with computers, right? I mean, the fact that we even use a mouse in 2021 is just absurd. It's the most primitive. It's ridiculous. But even the smartphone, like now you see that Apple and Google and Facebook and Samsung and Microsoft are all building uh, you know, um, augmented reality glasses for us to interact with our computers without any device, no piece of glass in your face, no mouse, just a pair of glasses that will project, you know, a hologram of a screen where you can interact. And so to me, when people say to me, what's the most exciting kind of sector of technology? To me, the answer is human computer interaction, which is going to fundamentally change over the next five to 10 years. To me, in 10 years from now, we will not know what a mouse is, nor will we know what a smartphone is in its current form. And on that amazing note, keep your seatbelt buckled because we're going to continue to YouTube in the sky with diamonds. We're going to come right back in these brief <laughs> commercials with this amazing Hillel Fulk. And we're going to be flying because he's going to talk about startups in Israel. Be right back after this brief opportunity. What an opportunity. I'm going to use two four-letter words right now. Free gift. Free gift. Yes, you can have a copy of my best-selling book, The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy, the ebook version for absolutely free. All you have to do is send an email to me, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at barryshore.com, and in the heading, the subject line, just write, free gift. <laughs> it's as easy as that. This is a life changing life enhancing opportunity barry at barryshore.com you'll be glad you did thank you thank you thank you free gift do it now take the action make it happen right now best wishes bye good day beautiful bountiful beloved immortal beings and good looking people maybe you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good good in abundance our cup runneth over with good in a two-legged being his name is Hillel fooled but he's not fooling you not fooling me because he is full of transformational information not just information that's data this is transformational we're going to talk about the stuff that really makes a difference in this place called Israel and startups now we all began with Startup Nation, an amazing book. I think it was Dan Sr. and Saul Singer, right? And I think the book is almost maybe a dozen years old. <laughs> think about it. 12 years ago, they wrote about Startup Nation, which was really about the, the transformation of a country and a culture emerging from what I will call the depths and despair of socialism and coming into the light, potentially light of capitalism, of course, working with the government because Israel is unique in that particular aspect, and building a tiny, small, a tiny military industrial complex that has really touched the world in a positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant way. So Hillel, the stage is yours, and we call this the sage from the stage. Let's talk about startups, especially in this country called Israel. Okay, but first I have a present for you. I see that you love words and I see that you love the word triumph. You've used it several times, it's on your website. And so I don't know if you know this, uh, what I'm about to tell you, but if not, I'll be very happy that I could finally teach you something about words. What is the difference between try and triumph? The I and the you. A little, a little oomph. A little, <laughs> yeah, Hillel gets it. See, he's, this is the whole, by the way, this is the genius of the podcast. It's not a cookie cutter stuff. It's a little oomph. Okay, you, I'm going to do a very, oh gosh, uh, I have to be care, care my, let's say, okay, I'm going to say it anyway. Triumph, also, if you use the same letters, hi, H-I, Trump. 
<laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm saying, let's talk about, okay, but I like that the difference is the oomph. By the way, the key to, to a startup moving from, transforming from a startup into a business and the people in it has to do with grit and that oomph. Never, never, never giving up. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump in. Let's talk about yes. tech. So uh, you are right that um, uh, you know that they wrote that book a long time ago, and the, you know, uh, good friends, great people. Uh, but I'm going to go out and, on a limb here and say that that book is actually pretty outdated uh, because Israel is no longer startup nation. Um, we've graduated into something else. You can call it scale up nation. And and let me explain the difference. The difference is that about 10 years ago or 15 years ago, when I would meet with an entrepreneur, part of the dialogue were these two words that you would always hear when you were talking to entrepreneurs in Israel. The two words are exit strategy, meaning I'm building a company and here is my exit strategy. Here's how I'm going to sell my company to Google, to Facebook, to Microsoft. Today, the entrepreneurs that I meet, and I meet hundreds, I do not hear that phrase. I have not heard that phrase in years. Why is that? Because today, the entrepreneurs in Israel are focused exclusively 100% of their resources on building large, sustainable, profitable businesses, not startups. And we see the results. If you look at the last six months alone, the amount of unicorns, which are billion-dollar companies in Israel, we're talking close to 80 companies that are worth a billion dollars in a country smaller than New Jersey in the worst neighborhood on earth. I mean, it's remarkable. And so no matter how you want to look at this ecosystem of what's going on in Israel, whether you want to look at how much money is being invested or where that money is coming from, or you want to look at the unicorns, the successful companies, or maybe the multinationals, the Googles and Facebooks and Apples that have set up shop in Israel, or maybe the innovation and how creative Israeli entrepreneurs are, or the punchline of it all, which is impact, right? We say we're a light onto the nation. How are we a light onto the nations? Is it because Google is in Israel? No, it's because we're developing technology that is literally, not figuratively, literally making the world a better place, whether it's healthcare, whether it's um, you know mental health you mentioned, whether it's cancer research, whether it's radiology, you name it. I've written about hundreds of companies in Israel that are impactful and are making the world a better place. And to me, that is the sign of a mature ecosystem. And that is why I say we are no longer startup nation. We have now graduated into being something else, which many refer to as scale-up nation. So is that the title of your forthcoming book? It is not. My book is actually... Uh, about my my philosophy in business, which I'm happy to transition and talk about because I think it's something that's right up your alley. Um, shall we? We shall. I just want to make mention of two things. And I'm not, I don't think we have time here. We're not going to make time for it because I want to do what you want to do. Uh, but I do want to mention something that you did say because it's not a small issue. As you said, the the most difficult neighborhood in the world and at some point, I'm hoping you'll come back for another round. Uh, at some point, we should talk about what it is that distinguishes this country called Israel, which, of course, is primarily a Jewish state, but is a very diverse population, uh, very diverse, including a, a large percentage of people that other people call Arabs, but they're Israelis, uh, distinct from a country like Egypt with 90 million people, Turkey with 90 plus million people, I'll leave aside Syria and Lebanon because of civil war and such, and why those countries are also not in either the startup mode or the scale up mode. I think it's an important discussion, but let's go to more about what you're talking about uh, and, and just work there because it's what motivates you. So, uh, you know, again, I feel like even though we're meeting now for the first time, it's, I think that this is going to resonate with you very, very deeply. And that is that most people view business as a zero-sum game, meaning in order for you to win, I need to lose. I need to take money out of my pocket to give it to you. But the reality is, and this is an, an analogy that I'm sure you've heard uh, from Hasidic uh, rabbis over the years because they like this analogy, but they don't compare it to business. They compare it to other things. I, call, I compare business to a candle. A candle has fire, right? It gives its fire to another candle. It loses nothing. Let me tell you a funny anecdotal anecdote about that, and that is that I told that analogy to a man named Christoph who was at IBM Ventures, and I said to Christoph, business is like a candle. You give your fire to someone else, you lose nothing. And Christoph said to me, you know what? I'm going to take it one step further. 
if you don't give your fire to someone else, you end up burning out yourself. I Wait a minute. I, I want you to pause there because what you just dropped is an explosive transformational aspect of life. See, that's what this show is about. Joy expands the consciousness. You just expanded the consciousness for hundreds of thousands of people who are sort of writing, trying to write that. Don't write it down. You can watch this again, which you should do and share it. But listen to what he said. If you don't share, and by the way, share Hillel stands for spreading happiness, and rejuvenating energy. That's the whole point. If you don't do it, you're going to dissipate. <laughs> I, 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 said to, I said to Christoph after he, he added that, I said to him, Christoph, you should be a Hasidic rabbi. <laughs> uh, but the truth is, you know, my entire career is based on the fact that I, you know, I, re I meet entrepreneurs on a daily basis. And if I can connect them to investors, just to name one example, so, you know, this guy sends me an email, the CEO sends me an email. I then forward that email to an investor and I say to the investor, are you interested in an introduction to this entrepreneur? If the answer is yes, then I simply connect them. Now, what happens? Let's say that investor invests. So now the investor got an amazing deal. He got access to this amazing startup. This startup now raised money. He got access to capital. And what did Hillel lose? I lost nothing. I lost, I sent an email. It took well, me four seconds. On the contrary, seconds. watch what's going to happen. He's going to tell us the next step. Keep going. Yes. Exactly. So what happens? On the contrary, I, I've just created, um, let's call it, for lack of a better term, social equity, okay? Because this investor now says, wow, Hillel just got me this amazing deal. And this startup says, wow, Hillel just got us this capital, and we didn't even pay him. And so what happens is, and this is my entire business philosophy in a quote-unquote mathematical equation. When I focus my time and resources, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say pay attention closely to this one, folks, whoever's listening, because this is, in my humble opinion, everything Everything, the world of business summed up in one equation. When I focus my time and resources on value creation, now what does that mean? It can mean anything, whether it's connecting you to an investor, connecting you to a journalist, helping you tell your story better, it doesn't matter. But when I focus my time and resources on helping you win and not on monetization, meaning you're not paying me a dime, what happens? You're not paying me, I owe you nothing. Therefore, you have no expectations. And if you have no expectations, all I can do is exceed expectations, right? Now, when I exceed expectations consistently over and over and over and over again, I create something that I like to call delight. Delight. It's delightful. Anything in your life that brings you delight, you'd pay for. Who wouldn't pay for a good cup of coffee, right? You said latte. Anything that brings you delight, you'd pay for. And so what happens is I'm in the business of delight. I want to help these entrepreneurs. And when they come to me with hearts in their eyes, like in the cartoons, now we can talk money. Till then, until I've already showed you what I can do for you, until you as the entrepreneur realize that I am indispensable to you, we're not talking about money. We're talking about your challenges. Tell me your challenges. Let me help. When you come back to me, you said, holy cow, what you have done for me, now we can talk money. And that is how I built my entire portfolio of companies. I, I'm going to read you an email. May I read you an email? Would you please read us an email, Hillel? Yes, I'm going to read you an email. This is a company which shall remain unnamed, but is a multi-billion dollar, with a B, dollar company in Silicon Valley. No connection to Israel whatsoever, okay? When they launched their product around 10 years ago, I fell in love. It was just a beautiful product. And I started to promote it organically, meaning they didn't ask me to do it. I didn't even have a relationship with them, but I loved the product. And so I told my audience about it. I promoted it. I used it. I wrote about it. And I basically did their job for them and I marketed it for them. And I didn't want anything in return. I didn't even dream of asking them for something. Who am I? This is a multi-billion dollar company in Silicon Valley. I just did my thing. I'm sitting at home minding my own business one day. And I get the following email. I'm reading to you word for word from my phone right now. This is the email. The subject is thank you. Hello. I won't ever forget your enduring support for what we have been building over the years. It's time we got you some stock and asked you to be a formal advisor. I know you wouldn't ask for this, but it's the right thing to do. I hope you'll accept. We are only just beginning and I could really use your advice when you have the time. That is an email that I received tens of times from companies that I helped. In fact, one more story. I know I'm t talking a lot, but one more story. No, no. I, hello, please keep speaking. By the way, talk stands for, ready? I am. Teaching always love and kindness. You know, I think it would be easier for you if you would just talk about the, the words that you don't have an acronym for. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to talk. <laughs> so, so, so listen to this story about, yes. I would say about two, three months ago. Uh, I, I'm an observant Jew, so I turned my phone off for the Sabbath. I don't use electricity on Sabbath. And so uh, Sabbath ended and I turned on my phone and I get an immediate phone call 
from a CEO who shall remain unnamed and said to me, hey, Hillel, do you like money? And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's a simple question. Do you like money? I said, I guess. He said, I want to give you some money. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you don't know this, but 10 years ago when we launched our company, you helped us tremendously and we gave you options in the company and we just got acquired and he just wired me money and I didn't even know anything about it. So my point is when you focus on value and helping others, you elevate others, you help others win, you end up winning, period, full stop. Okay. Are you ready for some nice acronyms? Because you're, it's flowing. Our cup runneth over with good. How is a great acronym that stands for helping others win because that's Love what it. winners do. Who is winners help others? And okay, wait, hold on, hold on one second. Can you please actually like email me some of these afterwards? I, I love we'll these. We'll discuss. Yes, we have. All thank right. God, we're good. we're building a book together. Wait till you see, and then you, we're going to propagate it worldwide because I want others to contribute. I mean, this is a this is like the uh, Oxford English Dictionary. I don't know. You know how that started? We'll talk about it. No. I love this <laughs> stuff. Uh, and by the way, you are the uh, everybody should, who's watching or listening. Hillel is the ultimate VC. He said it. I don't even know if he remembers what he said. The ultimate VC is value creation. You are good at this, man. You are really good at this. This Excuse is amazing. Good, good is for regular people. You are phenomenal at this. Outstanding. <laughs> and me, as you said, is mathematical exactitude. Wow. You see, everything happens. It cannot be that when someone does a benefit for someone else, that that energy never goes lost. It's a law of the universe. Law stands for, you'll love this, love and wisdom. It's a law of the universe. It can't be any other way. And the fact that you are rooted in ancient tradition that is ancient in the most positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant way, meaning that it is fundamentally based in truth, means that you do create delight. See, delight is really about the light. And as Christoph says, if you don't share it, it diminishes. That's the genius of real life. Life stands for living inspirationally for eternity, which is what you're doing. Uh, we can you believe this? We don't have much time left in this particular session, so <laughs> let's let's discuss a bit about the unique geographical place that you live, which is an eternal country. It's not started in 1948. And how does Hillel, who was born in a place called the United States of America, which most people around the world know of, even though they may be thinking differently about it today. We won't say the year because this will be watched decades from now, maybe even a century or two from now, and they'll scratch their heads. But um, the United States uh, retreating ignobly from uh, Kabul is, is shifted, has caused a plate tectonic shift in the world. But for the moment, let's talk about where you physically live in this amazing country that is populated by ever striving forward people who are there to make an impact, as you said. You said it so beautifully. That's the key. An impact upon the world. Just use, oh, let's go fun for the moment. Talk about the drone behind you. What do you think about drones, sir, in Israel? Okay, but, uh, do I have permission for, for about 12 seconds to name drop? Uh, if you don't, I'd be disappointed because let's be blunt, you know, these kind of things, people like that kind of stuff, the SEO and all that. Da, da, da. Yeah. So let me tell drop you your that names, about, baby, drop your names. About a half an hour ago, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed and I saw that Naftali Bennett, the prime minister of Israel, was boarding a plane to go to the United States to meet President Biden. So I WhatsApp Bennett and I said, make us proud. And he WhatsApp me back with a couple of emojis, the prime minister of Israel. Unbelievable. I said to him, I'll read to you the message that I wrote to him. I know it's a little heavy, but I wrote to him, to Naftali Bennett, our prime minister. I said, um, it, is it, never, it will never cease to amaze me that I could WhatsApp the prime minister of Israel. What would my grandparents in Auschwitz, what would they have said? Sorry to get all heavy on you, but I just had to, it was just, it was just, it's unbelievable to me that, you know, the prime minister of Israel, like it's such a, you got to look at it in the, in the context of history. I mean, it's, the, the, you know, talking about startups, the state of Israel is the be best startup in history. 
It, it literally what, what's going on here is I'm, it's supernatural. I, I'm sorry, I'm not a, I'm not a kind of guy who believes in that kind Go of stuff. Speak, sorry. Is, speak, keep speaking, keep speaking. It is, it is supernatural by, by any standards. And so you asked about the drone. It's interesting because remember I said before that when people ask me what's most exciting about tech, I talk about human computer interaction. Well, the second thing that I talk about are drones and why are drones so exciting to me? Because if you think about it, I don't know if you've ever flown a drone before, but it, it is a spiritual experience. I'm not even kidding. Let me tell you something. You're talking about a device that fits in the palm of your hand that anyone can go into a store and buy that you can then fly for five miles at 50 miles an hour while recording 4K video. I mean, just this thing has 19 GPS satellites connected to it at any given point. Just think about the sensors and the hardcore technology that's embedded in drones today. Drones, from my perspective, are the, the, the utmost illustration of how far we've come technologically. Drones are unbelievably, they're magical. They really, really are. So I'm a big drone guy. I have a collection of drones. I love them. Um, and to me, after computer human-computer interaction, drones are the most exciting tech out there. Um, but anyway, talking about tech in general, I think, um, you know, given that I have a unique perspective on Israeli tech, given that I'm a blogger and a vlogger and a podcaster and an entrepreneur and a marketing guy, I can see it from all and directions a family man. and a family man. So I see what's going on here from a lot of different directions and I'll, and I'll sum it up for you in, in a couple of sentences real quickly. Traditionally, historically, Israel was very, very good at cybersecurity. Why? Because of the military today. In 2021, you will have a hard time finding any sector of technology, any sector in which Israel is not a significant player. And when I say significant, I want to be very accurate. We're not always number one, but we're up there. Maybe number two, maybe number three. But again, you have to put this in perspective. On the NASDAQ, the country with the most companies on NASDAQ is the United States of America, 350 million people. Number two, China, 1.5 billion people. Number three, Israel. 9 million people. That, that's just objectively absurd. It's just absolutely outrageous. And so today, across the board, again, whether it's healthcare, whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it's virtual reality, whether it's machine learning, whether it's autonomous cars, you name it, Israel is leading the way. And it's an objective fact. It's not an opinion. You look at the numbers. Again, no matter how you want to analyze what's going on in Israel, any metric you choose, you'll see that Israel is a dominant player across all sectors of technology, which to me, Again, sorry to get heavy, is biblical. This is miraculous on a biblical level. Remember how we began the show with the word smile? Yep. What does smile stand for, remember? Absolutely not. Seeing miracles in life every day. Love it. Hillel lives it. I have three questions for you, Hillel. You ready? Yeah, but before you ask the questions, I really do need these acronyms. I want to post them and, of course, give you credit because this is amazing. Okay. Will you come back again? Absolutely. I need more of your energy. I'm going to ask you. You have. Uh, I'm going to. You have 80 seconds to answer this question. I'm going to cut you. Only 80 seconds, kid. What is your most fervent desire? Wow. Um, I well, mean, professional words of wisdom or words of uh-huh. wonder. I mean, I'm assuming we're talking about from a professional perspective. No, right? no, you assume nothing. You know what assume means. What is your most fervent desire? Honestly, to, to live live in a way that I leave an impact on this world. We didn't get a chance to talk about my, my late brother. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. We will next time. Okay. So my brother uh, was, you know, we'll yeah. not get into it, but the bottom line is in 45 years on planet Earth, he, he touched the lives of millions of people. And, you know, people ask me all the time what my end game is. And, uh, and I'll tell you what my end game is. It's this. I'm living my end game. If I can sustain this for the rest of my life, great. I have zero aspirations to be a billionaire. All I want to do is leave an impact on this world. So after 120 years, when I leave this world, if I left an impact, then I've absolutely accomplished my goals and my desires. Thank you. And the third is, I want to give you a hug in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Okay. Hug stands for, you you should write this one down. Hug stands for harmonizing unlimited giving. Amazing. Here we go. One. Two, three. Am I just hug? Am I hugging back? <laughs> I, ho- I hope people put their volume down before you did that. 
my wife doesn't get says to me all the time, sure, cut your volume down. This is the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore. And go to the website, barryshore.com. Everything about Hillel and more is going to be there. And remember, the three fundamentals of life, that's why you tuned in, because you care the most entire world about you, Y-O-U, which is great. It's all about you becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And you have many ways to do all that, as we said with Hillel today. Three fundamentals are life. Your life has purpose. When you lead a purpose-driven life, number two is go mad, make a difference. Number three, uncover the power and the sequence of everyday words and terms, like WWW, what a wonderful world, smile, seeing miracles in life every day. Or as my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life. Create the kind of world you want to live in, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. Use four-letter words, love, life, grow, hope, free, gift, pray, play, swim, and tell everybody, F you, capital N, capital N, got to add that right away, and use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day, consciously and conscientiously from now and the rest of your life. And these two words are, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, because thanks stands for to harmonize and network kindness. Everyone, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Therefore, be kind, always keep inspiring noble deeds. Hillel, fooled, a huge thank you. And our prayer and blessing for everybody is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking. You're always looking for and finding the good. We have found good in abundance here on Insider Tips, where, you know, we bring to you things that you'd never hear anyplace else, and that's why you tune in to listen to the joy of living, because we bring you information that's transformational and usable for you. Insider Tips. Today, we are really, really happy and excited to bring to you a remarkable person working with an amazing company in an area that touches everybody in the planet, but especially people in the United States, North America, but we'll talk about it. And the company is a small company called IBM. Yeah, that's right, IBM. And we're going to associate IBM with sports. Can you believe that? The future of sports is with IBM, and we are privileged to have with us an amazingly interesting fellow, very nice fellow. His name is Noah, N-O-H-A, N-O-H. He's going to save the world from the flood of disinformation and bring you great information about the future of sports. So Noah Sykin, welcome. We are so happy to have you here on Insider Tips on the Joy of Living. Thanks, Barry. I hope I can live up to that uh, introduction. Well, you certainly can. We know you are because I, I don't want to bore everybody with this background, but let's just be blunt and say that IBM is one of the most important companies in the world, and they have transformed themselves from being what people think, well, that's a computer company. Yeah, well, they are deeply involved in bringing you experience experience in sports. And that's what we're going to talk about. The ability to bring you next generation digital experience in some sports. So let's just jump right in and ask you a real question. What are fans looking for, Noah, in the future of sports? Give us some insights. Thanks, Barry. And uh, just as background, we are on the eve of the U.S. Open and football season. And IBM is uh, intimately involved and we'll talk about that in both of those uh both of those activities but i think fans are really looking to get closer to the action and artificial intelligence and some of the new technologies that are out there in the uh out there in the world are key to uh meeting those expectations so how do we get fans you know more involved in the action on the court how do we get them excited uh, about the matches that are going to come up or the particular players that are uh, going to be competing. And so we use artificial intelligence, but there's all kinds of technologies that are helping uh, the sports organizations, the athletes, the teams, the stadiums are becoming more connected. We all know that you go to a stadium these days and sometimes the experience is suboptimal. Um, but some of the technology that's being infused into those stadiums are, are uh, elevating the experience for fans. So 
whether it's a better in-stadium experience, a better digital experience, or getting closer to the action, uh, all forms of technology can play an important role there. Thank you so much. I love this insight of getting close to the action. In other words, if you were in the old days, you say, wow, I copped a ticket. I'm in the 50 yard line of the, um, of the football field and I'm five rows back. Wow, that's fabulous. What about all the other 80,000 people in the stadium that don't have that ability? You're telling me, I think, that with AI and other technologies, you can have anybody, even if they're sitting in the end zone in the 30th row, can have an immersive experience in the action at the stadium or even not. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, think, think about, if you will, what's happening in the broadcast space as an example. Right now, uh, companies like ESPN are showing three, four, five different views of football games, right? You can have the home commentators channel, the away commentators channel, uh, the channel that's just looking at the fly line that's running down the top of the field. So uh, absolutely, there's more ways to kind of connect with the, with, uh, with the games than ever before. So this is really great, like you said, for the fans to be immersive. And, I, and it even helps, not even, but it helps also the coaches and the players because they can get really fine-tuned on what they're doing and in, up their game, right? Yeah, well, the players, you know, many of the players now, they're wearing little chips in their pads or in their helmets. Uh, we can get real-time data about how fast those players are running down the field. The coaches can help them assess, you know, are they spending too much energy in practice? You know, maybe you want to save it for game day. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, across the board, uh, the teams, the coaches, the players, they're all leveraging this data. But, you know, for us, we think about the fans. Uh, we think about how do we bring uh, the fans the action uh, in, a, in the most compelling way possible. And that's what we're planning to do starting next week at the U.S. Open. I was just going to ask you, this is happening right now. Fans can be within another few days at the U.S. Open and really get close to the action. So let me ask you two quick questions, but let's just take one at a time. Um, how is it that IBM is working with USTA to bring the tournament to life? What, can you give us one or two small insights on what's going to change this year from any other time? Yeah, so IBM's been partnered with the USTA for 30 years, and we've been uh, on the edge of innovation with them for that whole time this year. Uh, we have some new features rolling out. IBM builds uh, the official digital platforms of the U.S. Open, the website, the mobile platforms, et cetera. And that's where you can get the best, uh, most current information about everything related uh, to the U.S. Open. In that, uh, IBM's bringing things like the, the IBM Power Index uh, to the U.S. Open. So this allows us to rank the players based on all kinds of different um, factors, uh, the court surface and the head-to-head -head matchups and how they've been playing recently. Uh, the, recent, uh, the recency of data is really, really important. So folks should look out for that IBM power index. And within that, we're also bringing something called the likelihood to win. So for each singles match, uh, we're going to be providing predictions for who's going to win that match. Uh, you may have... <laughs> Oh, this is so exciting. Um, I'm going to ask you something a little bit off script and just let's have a little fun with this. You ready? Sure. I am a swimmer. I swim two miles a day, six days a week, people know, and I'm, my goal is to swim around the world. I'm already over 8,671 miles around, around the world. And I'm, I'm partnering with some of the most famous names in the world of swimming. Uh, tell me that IBM would like to get in the pool with us. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but that sounds pretty. Uh, that sounds pretty impressive. I will say we had. Um, so you're speaking of water, so I'll make a little side reference. We actually used artificial intelligence on a ship called the Mayflower. The Mayflower actually sailed across the Atlantic Ocean using only artificial intelligence just a couple short months ago. So. Uh, watch out when you're out there, Barry. You know, you never know what might be coming your way. <laughs> well, we don't do open water uh, swimming. We do it in the pool. But yes, yeah. um, there could be some really interesting things. How about esports? Well, let me talk about an up and coming uh, fan based uh, sport, esports. 
Yeah, esports. Uh, you know, this is this is an activity that people ha- sometimes have a hard time connecting to the word sport. But there are millions of people, you know, completely engaged in this activity around the world. Uh, yes. And you know, it's certainly a, a you know an emerging space. I think it's actually already emerged, and I think uh, now post COVID, if, if that's the era we're in, I'm not sure we're quite there yet. But uh, hopefully, we're going to be seeing people getting back to some of these esports tournaments around the tour- uh, around the world. Yes, because there are passionate fans just dedicated to that. Now, I just want to announce four times. This is where you want to go to find out more information. IBM.newsroom.com. IBM.newsroom.com. I'm going to say it one more time, and I'll repeat it at the end of the show. IBM dot newsroom.com and we're with noah sykes he's the vice president of ibm sports and entertainment partnerships notice that i said sports and entertainment i'm gonna throw you another one how about horse racing (laughs) yeah we're not too involved in horse racing but uh you know um predicting of of horse racing outcomes might be something we can get into but we are actually focused on fantasy football as well so uh, I was going to ask you, let's talk about fantasy football. Yeah, so football season's uh, right around the corner, and IBM's been working with ESPN, again, to bring artificial intelligence to, I think, over 15 million fantasy football players on the ESPN platform. And so uh, we have something new called the Trade Assistant this year. So everybody has their team, but they always want to improve their team. Uh, ESPN's using IBM artificial intelligence to provide recommendations and, and suggestions for how Uh, you might think about uh, trades within your league. So I'd also encourage everybody to go out there and download the ESPN Fantasy Football app, and you can touch some of that AI-powered insight within that experience as well. This is just so fun. F-U, capital N, capital N. And that's an inside baseball idea. (laughs) When you listen to one of my podcasts, we talk about Barry Shaw using the four-letter F-U word. It's F-U, capital N, capital N. So everybody, I urge you again, go to ibm.newsroom.com, ibm.newsroom.com. Noah Sykes, it's such a pleasure to have you here. We wish um, everybody to participate in what's happening, not just in the future, but right now. This is the time to be alive because it's getting better and better all the time. So thank you so much. We look forward to... uh, what we're going to do here. Oh, there's another one, by the way. There's another call to action, and it's ibm.com slash sport. So you got two places to go, ibm.com slash sport. I'll say Sports. Put the oh, S on that, sports. Let's put an S on that. Okay. <laughs> ibm.com slash sports, wherever you can do it, ibm.com slash sports. And go forth and get involved because this is really exciting. Thank you, everybody. Go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Thank you, Noah Saiken. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you again sometime. Best wishes. Bye now. Thanks, Barry. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends too. See you on the next episode.